What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode number 12. Today we have with us none other than the always charming, artful, and engaging Chief Operating Officer of the Corcoran Group, which is New York City's leading real estate brokerage firm. His expertise has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg News, and Forbes, as well as other local and national news outlets. He currently serves on the Residential Board of Directors for Repney, which is the Real Estate Board of New York, currently resides in Northwood County. Uh, without any further ado, let's welcome the man himself, Gary Mallon. How are you, sir? Uh, I hope I can live up to those lofty goals and expectations you just set for me. But uh, thank you for uh, inviting me here. I'm pleased to be here, and I look forward to a lively discussion. Well, thanks so much for uh, being a part of this podcast. You know, I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Gary. So, so, Gary, before we dive into the subject of the podcast, I just want you to kind of, you know, let people know a little bit about yourself, you know, your upbringing, where you went for your master's, graduate, uh, bachelor's degree, et cetera. Actually. Sure. Uh, I grew up on Long Island in Great Neck. I actually still reside in Long Island in a small community in Nassau County called Seacliff. Uh, married, got two kids, both in college, one at Northwestern. Uh, she's a senior, which is crazy, which means I'm kind of old and a sophomore at, uh, Boston university. So I'm born and bred and raised here on Long Island. Uh, I went to the university of Michigan for undergraduate. Uh, so go blue. Uh, hopefully we have a good football season. Uh, and then I went to law school at Tulane. So I enjoyed three years down South having some fun. Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> I have a question now. So I know you said you went to a law school. So, so let me ask you, uh, you practiced as an attorney for the first five years in your profession. Am I correct? Yeah, I practiced from 1993 to 1998. Correct. So how did the transition into real estate happen? Um, you know, look, my grandfather was a lawyer, never practiced. My father was a lawyer, never practiced. Uh, they owned real estate and ran a real estate business, you know, owner side, not brokerage side. So, you know, I was always encouraged to go to law school, not necessarily because they wanted me to be a lawyer per se, but they thought that it was great training, great education, and it serves you well in business. So that was the sort of foundation. So when I got out of law school, I started working for two small firms, one on Long Island, one in Manhattan. And my focus was tax, trust and estates work, not the most exciting work in the world. Um, but my roommate in college, Andrew Heiberger, who had started City Habitats way back in the day, I started representing him and doing a lot of work for City Habitats. And at a certain point, it just was a natural sort of transition. He had asked me if I would consider leaving law and coming to work with him at City Habitats which I did, so that was back in 1998. So here we are, if my math is correct, 23 years later, uh, still in the residential real estate business. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great ride, whether it's City Habitats or at Corcoran, you know, it's a great company collectively, individually, and I've met a lot of amazing people along the way. So Gary, let me ask you, uh, I know you mentioned it has been an amazing ride for you last 23 years. What kept you going? You know, what was, if I wanted to ask you, what was one factor or key factor that gets you going for 23 years, what would that be? It's always the people. 
you know, I, I really enjoy working with uh, the people that I've had the opportunity to work with over all these years, whether it's all the agents that I've formed great relationships with, um, the employees that we've worked together with, and or the owners that we represent. I think in the end, if you work with people that you respect, if you work with people that you have fun with, and most importantly, I really love to help people achieve their goals. And I just feel collectively, I've been very fortunate where I've worked that I've been surrounded by a lot of amazing people that sort of motivate me each and every day. Uh, no wonder why you're so charming, you know. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it is true. I know it sounds like, you know, it's just a line, but it really is true. I think if you ask anybody that enjoys what they do, you know, other than the work itself, of course, you have to enjoy that. But it's the people you surround yourself with. They're the ones that give you the inspiration to keep on moving forward. That's, that's absolutely correct. Uh, so Gary, in one of your podcasts, you mentioned about your dad for, uh, providing you with the foundation of honesty, integrity. So how mm -hmm. has that until date helped you in this business? Look, I think the most important thing is your foundation, right? Like your, your core values, what you believe in. And I think that if you stay true to your true values and what sort of guides you, uh, honesty and integrity sort of are pillars for me in that regard. I think the people want to work with people they can trust, uh, that they believe have their best interests at heart, but at the same time are willing to give them the true and honest assessment of what's going on. And I've just felt that that served me well throughout my entire life, because in the end, you know what you're getting with me. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Um, sometimes you might like it, sometimes you might not like it, but ultimately, it's, it's designed to help everybody grow and everybody move in a good, positive direction. And the same thing with people giving me advice. You know, you want to hear the truth. You want to understand the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you want to understand what's the sort of game plan to fix it if there's problems or how to enhance what's already doing well. And I think that that comes off as genuine. And I think most times people prefer to work with people that are genuine than people they feel like might have some sort of motive outside of what's being discussed. The, uh, that's a great analogy. Uh, Gary, I have a question. So I know you were with City Habitats uh, and uh, before you transitioned into Corcoran. Uh, amongst, like in this experience for a profession, how were you able to balance until they balance the interest of agents and the interest of business? Look, I, I think that, you know, I've always felt and I still do to this day that we work for the agent, right? I think that if you put your mind in that sort of perspective, it's like, what do we need to do to help agents grow and help agents build their careers? And I think that if you're always looking for that perspective, if you're always looking to find a way to help people achieve their goals, most times your goals align. You know, it's not always that it's identical. Everyone does have different perspectives, you know, and, and that's what makes a healthy discussion and a healthy debate. Just because I think I'm right or an agent thinks he or she is right, it doesn't mean that they are or they're not. But to have an open forum, to have a discussion, to understand each, each party's needs and then trying to craft a resolution that satisfies that, I think that ultimately that's how you come out on top. I don't need to be right. I don't think everyone's right all the time. I think that everyone brings different perspectives based upon their experience and what they're doing. And you need to have an open mind to understand where they're coming from. And I always have said, like, it doesn't make a difference what part of the company you work in. Everyone sees something different, right? 
I see something different than a manager in an office. We see something different than an agent on the street. And if we're all talking and we're all collaborating and we're all trying to find ways to be better, then in the end, I think we ultimately come out with a positive result. Uh, great. Uh, so Gary, uh, I know you're at Corcoran. Uh, before I dive into the real estate market uh, trend of New York City, uh, I just want to ask you, what is the corporate culture at Corcoran and how do you keep the agents motivated, you know, like in terms of how to especially uh, what we went through in 2020 with the pandemic, you know, and still feeling the aftermath? Listen, first and foremost, you know, the culture of Corcoran is all about helping and all about, you know, staying ahead of the game, trying to be a leader in every way, shape and form, but also understanding that this is a people business first and foremost. And if you put the needs of your people out front, if you communicate, if you're transparent, if you're honest, if you're constantly looking to do things the right way, I think that that's what people look for and that's what people want and that people are attracted to. So I think those sort of values that we all have um, in the corporate office, down to the offices and, and the agents, I think we all work together because we all kind of feel the same thing. Like it's a tough business. Um, we certainly understand there's some shady characters that are out there, unfortunately, in our business, but we want to hold ourselves to a different standard. And I think that, you know, people with like-minded abilities and desires sort of attract to one another. So I think it's really just about that. And I think COVID was a really good example of the fact that Pam and I really knew and felt at our hearts that communicating regularly and consistently, whether it's with our management team, the executive team, with the company at large, with the people that we do business with, if you're out there communicating and you're out there explaining things to people, I think people feel supported and I think people feel like, you know, this isn't just a business, right? If you, you could choose to work anywhere you want, you want to work somewhere where you respect the overall I guess, perspective and philosophies of the company. And I think Corcoran is such an incredible company with such talented people and such passionate people that our job is to just try to find a way to every day be better than we were the day before and make sure that we're listening. And I think that that came out loud and clear from everything that I heard from our team over COVID. We really stepped up and they felt supported. Uh, I mean, that's absolutely correct. And, and being a part of Corcoran myself, I can definitely... Uh, Speak highly about yours, Pam's, uh, Ryan's, um, you know, education department, advertising department, everyone like putting in the work to keep us afloat, you know, keep us motivated. So um, I think that's kind of is the core and what makes Corcoran the number one firm in New York City, in my eyes, you know. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm like, you know, for us, the theory always was we want to rule the recovery, right? So we made investments in the company during the downturn, just using an example of rolling out, you know, our new CRM close. Like the whole concept was just because things are a little bit chaotic, but we don't necessarily have a full understanding of how long things are going to take and where we're going to be. If we stopped making investments in the company, if we stopped making investments in our people, when the market turned like it did, we wouldn't have been prepared to execute. And I think that everything we did along the way was to say, when we can hit reset and when we can hit go. We don't wanna start those investments. We wanna have already made those investments. And I think that, that that really helped us capture the business that was out there and really hit the ground running versus trying to sort of revamp ourselves throughout that process. I, I, I guess from what I understand, it was the proactive approach of followed by all of you at Corcoran that kind of led us uh, you know, apart from the other competitors in the business. 
Right. We did not want to be playing catch up once business was open. We know how difficult it was for everyone in this organization to sort of shift, uh, in particular agents who you know only make money if they're doing deals. And if you can't do deals and you can't be in business and you can't be out there working, you know, there has to be other things that we could do during that downturn, whether it was, you know, the agent studio team led by Mark Alter and all the amazing trainings that he was able to put forth. Like people felt connected. People felt they were being educated. People felt that they were in a position to excel when we were allowed to hit the ground running. And, and I think that all of those decisions we made collectively as a team uh, really help everyone in the company achieve the sort of success that we're having right now. Absolutely. Uh, now back to the New York City, you know, I, there has been a lot of talk, I would say since last May, A, that New York City will never be the same. People are fleeing New York City, running to Texas, Florida, et cetera, you know. Uh, it will never be the same in terms of real estate. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I mean, you saw it happening, so. I mean, look, we have some benchmarks that have happened in the city previously, um, whether it was 9-11, and it's amazing to watch all these, you know, videos and documentaries that are going on that 20 years later, you know, what's going on. And, you know, so we had that shock to the system, obviously different than the current situation. We had the great, uh, you know, economic crisis, you know, and all of those things. Historically, the first thing that you would hear is that sort of New York is dead. No one wants to live in big buildings. No one wants to live in high rises. You know, it's too expensive. You know, we've heard it all before. And my philosophy was, is, and always will be, is that New York City is an incredibly dynamic place to live. And it has proven itself to be resilient. And I understand and respect that if during the, you know, the darkest days of the pandemic, when, you know, businesses were shut down, you couldn't really do anything. It stands to reason that New York City um, would suffer um, during that time, right? Ultimately speaking, if you can't go to a restaurant, if you can't go to a bar, if you can't go to the theater, a movie theater, or a gym, you name it, then you, know, you have to say to yourself, is New York City temporarily the place that I wanna be? If I'm gonna be locked away in my apartment all day long doing work, you know, and I don't have outdoor space, maybe there's other places that I could go temporarily. So I always felt that, you know, once New York City was quote unquote open, you would see the resiliency, you would see the return. And it obviously started with the sales market and that rebound started quicker because obviously there were significant price adjustments, there were concessions being offered. There was that fear of would New York City rebound or not. But people that are buying apartments have a longer term horizon than a renter, right? Historically speaking, they're looking for at least five years down the line. And, you know, ultimately there was value in the marketplace and interest rates have obviously been incredibly low. So people took advantage. So that was the first sign that I told people, like, if people are coming back making financial investments, it's telling you what the truth is about New York City. And that people would say, but look at the rental market, look at the vacancies, look at the concessions, look at the pricing. I said, yeah, but you have to realize a renter looks at things differently than a purchaser. A renter is looking at things year to year. And once the city becomes the city, I assure you, the city is going to rebound. And what we have seen, and you could attest to this yourself, this has been the busiest rental season that I think I've ever seen in the history of me being in this business. And I attribute it to three factors. 
you know, moving away from just price, of course. People that should have moved to the city in the summer of 2020 didn't because of the pandemic. So those people all came back to the city this summer. People that were supposed to move this summer, meaning people were graduating college and grad school and taking jobs were here. And all of those people that left the city temporarily were all coming back in droves. So I think it just tells people that, you know, sometimes we're victims of the moment, right? Where all the information we read sort of lends to the narrative that someone wants to put forth. And the narrative for a long time was New York City is dead. Um, I think true New Yorkers, people that have been in the business, people that have seen cycles realize that was likely um, blown out of proportion. And I think if you look at where we are today in the sales market, in the rental market, in the new development market, I think that everyone would be pleased <laughs> where we are. And many people would be surprised how quickly it rebounded. But that's just because New York at its core you know, has so much to offer people. They wanted to be back. Like there was this desire to get back to the city. Uh, that's a great point you mentioned. And I just want to chime in a couple of things. Uh, talking about the resilience, uh, yesterday an article came out in Bloomberg and the title was, New York City is emerging as one of the world's most resilient big cities in the wake of the pandemic. And uh, this, According to the article, they feel that the density, a couple of things. Number one was the financial factor or the financial industry that New York City has to offer. No other metropolitan offers in the United States. Second, they thought, according to them, when they did a survey, they found that New York City has the most amount of population density, which is 28,000 inhabitants per square mile. And in second place was San Francisco, which was about 18,000. So which means New York City was around about 60% more than San Francisco in terms of population density. So your point is absolutely correct. Like, you know, when people were saying, oh, it's dead, it's dead. Uh, you know, New York City is one of the most powerful cities in the world. And uh, once again, you know, it will always be New York City, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like from a cultural perspective, the theater, the arts, museums, um, film industry, television industry, then obviously the financial industries, um, you know, you have such a diverse workforce, technology firms, Google, Facebook, you know, we're just a very diverse population of people with a very diverse business, uh, you know, sort of foundation. And I think that ultimately, it's completely natural that people were scared during the pandemic. It's completely natural that people want to, you know, go places where there's more space, you can be outside. You know, all of that is logical, but it's equally as logical when the sort of barriers that are removed from why you left are removed, that most people ultimately come back. And I just think that people just need to sometimes like let things play out versus like making these wild proclamations of what the future is going to be. You're starting to see retail deals happen in New York City. You know, obviously a lot of that has to do with population coming back. A lot of that has to do with prices are more reasonable, you know? And so the interesting thing will be is, and I don't think you're gonna know for sure in 2022, but in 2023 and beyond, like what is the office environment going to look like? You know, there's definitely been a shift in terms of hybrid working philosophies. A lot of companies, um, probably never thought their workforce could be as effective and as efficient um, 
you know, from a virtual representation versus any office representation, you know, and I can only speak for Corcoran, uh, you know, and companies that I know that I've spoken with, you know, the people stood up and they worked hard and they really delivered and they executed at a very high level. Because when you start to truly analyze like what goes on, you know, I could just use myself as an example. I was previously spending close to three hours a day commuting, you know, and while I was commuting, doing that, I was not and could not be as effective as I am using those three hours at home. Now, there are other aspects of being in an office that are critical, collaboration, creativity, social, et cetera. And all of those are important, but I think there is going to be a shift in the balance of how people act, mainly because the results were proven to be so incredibly successful. But I think in 2023 and beyond, as you will likely see, like, is this shift permanent? Is the shift temporary or is there a little bit of both? Because I think we're still dealing with Delta right now. We're dealing with other variants right now. We're dealing with a lot of other you know, issues that we didn't think we were gonna be dealing with. So I think it's a little too early to say what the future holds. Um, and a lot of companies are already telling their employees, oh, it was supposed to be after Labor Day, then it was October, now it's January. But I do think when you speak to a lot of people, the sort of work from home philosophy you know, if you could find that healthy balance between home and office, people are executing at really high levels. So it'll be interesting what the office market does down the line. Um, but I don't think you're going to know truly for about a year or so. Uh, that is correct. And you know what? It's, it's mind boggling that 75% of the commercial space in New York City is still waiting. Only 25% has been occupied. So, uh, you know, it would be great to see people coming back to the city on a full time basis. Uh, as that's going to, you know, boost the economy and help with tourism and uh, other factors. Uh, you know, look, the, the, also the benefit is, is like when there is shifts in sort of issues like we're dealing with right now, there's more financial opportunity, right? Retail rents are down, office rents are down. So it offers businesses the ability to potentially look at starting things that maybe previously they weren't able to do. So, you know, you always have to take, you know, the long approach and see how things play out versus instantaneously making a decision about what the future is going to be. I just know the future of New York City is strong. People are happy to be back. Uh, people are excited about what the future holds. And I think it first starts with people wanting to live here, right? If you have the yeah. people wanting to live here, the services that are necessary simply will follow. Well said. Uh, so, Gary, I know you've been in this business for over 20 years. Uh, it's, a, it's a very personal question as well. According to you, what qualities should an agent possess in this business to be successful? You know, it's a very competitive business. Just like I mean, first, if you, first and foremost, I think you always have to be willing to change and adapt. I think that what was popular five years ago and what was necessary to run a business five years ago versus what's necessary to run a business today are two different things. So you have to be willing to and embrace change. I think that's critical. Number two, you have to be someone that's outgoing in many ways. Like this is a tough business. I always give agents a tremendous amount of credit for what they have to do and how hard they have to work and what's required. So to be outgoing, to be willing to you know, work with many different people to understand that you can't win every single deal, but you need to be out there. You need to be connected. You need to be networking. You need to be utilizing social media. And you need to just, you know, ultimately realize that what I did today doesn't necessarily guarantee results tomorrow. And if I'm willing to learn, if I'm willing to adapt, if I'm willing to sort of take, you know, opportunity and risk, 
um, that it's incredibly important in your career, just like it is in any business. And I think you also have to realize you're in business for yourself, right? You're a CEO of your own company and you need to make financial commitments to yourself, to your clientele, to your business. And, you know, not everything you're going to do is going to work perfectly, but if you don't try, you don't know what the results are going to be. So I ultimately think it's a combination of, you know, having great sort of resiliency and ability to see, you know, really adapt to what changing environments come your way. So, so Gary, now um, I know like Corcoran is the number one real estate brokerage firm with more close residential sales than any other firm surpassing, uh, you know, other competitors, you know, uh, what were the key factors you think helped Corcoran achieve this amazing feat? Well, first and foremost, it's our agents, right? We have an incredibly dynamic, smart, professional group of agents that really love what they do have deep relations with the communities in which they work and sort of really are leaders in their field. So I think it always starts with the agent population that we have here at Corcoran. I also think that we, from a corporate perspective, want to ensure that we're always moving forward, whether it's you know, our social media presence, whether it's our SEO presence, whether it's our technology, whether it's our facilities, uh, whether it's our website, whether it's just the, the structure of the teams that we have working here. I think that we're always looking to add value along the way. And that we're not saying just because we're at this great position at the top of the heap that we should rest. You know, I think it's, once you get to that position, it's harder to continue to maintain and grow that position. And I think a lot of people in business sort of feel like success is a ladder. Like, you know, you, you take one step up, that's great. You take another step up. And once you're at the top of the ladder, you sort of achieved everything. And now you could sort of take a step back, take a deep breath and relax. The truth is success is a circle, right? It keeps on growing. It keeps on building. So we understand that. And we understand that if we rest on our laurels and we don't make the necessary investments in our company and in our business, then ultimately it's going to hurt everybody throughout the organization. And a great example of just growing and building and, and sort of you know, capitalizing on the Corcoran brand, the name is the incredible success um, we have had in the franchise arena. Um, it just shows you what people think about the brand and what they think it's going to do for them and their businesses. They're making decisions to change from one brand to another brand, and they're coming to this brand. So I think it's a testament to everyone that works here in every department. Like we're very focused on growth and most importantly, focused on what agents need to be successful. Um well, Gary, being an agent myself, I, I have to give props to all the senior executives, including yourself, uh, for continuously providing us with the support, the, the inspiration, the motivation for us to keep going, you know. So personally, I really want to thank you and everyone else on the team, including Ryan, you know. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we sincerely appreciate that for sure. It's, like a, it's, it's very important to us that what we do actually works. You know, listen, sometimes we're going to, take some risks in certain directions and see if they work or they don't work, but that's just part of business. But in the end, you know, it's good to hear from someone that's seeing and using the results that we have put forth and they're working, that that's really the most rewarding thing. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, this has been a blast. Uh, just the closing statement, you know, I just, I just want you to uh, like, what would be your message to the audience who is watching this podcast, you know? Good, stay positive, stay focused, stay committed. You know, there's always an opportunity coming your way. You just don't necessarily know where it's coming from. And, you know, just, you know, I think being smart and being educated 
uh, about what's going on in the marketplace, take in all the information that you could possibly take in, take some risks. You know, I'm a firm believer in utilizing your CRM to tap into your database. You know, I think that a lot of people feel like they don't have the time to do it, but the most important thing is staying connected with your, your customers on a regular basis and just get out there. And I think that good things are always going to come. You know, it's not every day things are perfect, but if you keep, you know, a committed, focused, you know, attention to what you're trying to accomplish each and every day, you know, and then utilize the team, whether it's your local office team or the corporate team, you know, the goal is to help and the goal is to grow. And, and I think we collectively have the best team in the business. So I feel very fortunate to, to work here and to be in the position that I'm in because I learned so much from everybody at this company. And we've all grown together over the last 18 months or so in ways we didn't expect. And I think uh, we've set ourselves up for great success. Love it, Ryan. Uh, I just love it, Gary. Uh, well, Gary, uh, this has been a blast. I mean, I really had fun and uh, you definitely stood up to your, you know, charming, engaging personality. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Gary, for your time. And I look forward to speaking with you again. And Absolutely. Uh, wishing you a great day, okay? Thank you very much. Right. And, and continued success for you. You're doing an amazing job. We really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great Bye -bye. day. Thank you. Bye-bye.